Come, Holy Spirit, and take our lips and speak with them. Take our lives and work through them. And take our hearts and set them on fire with the love of the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. That would have been fun to play with Matthew's gospel. Wouldn't it? I don't think any of us will ever get to the point where our children will never dare to ask us anything. Right, right children? So um, I, I'd say this in all honesty. If you haven't heard the messages the last three weeks, um, go listen to them. Um, it really builds. One of the beauties of being in a small community like ours that we're, we're family and we're doing that phrase, life together, that I love so much, is we, it does build. We do. We share the gospel based on what we're dealing with as a community, yes, and as a world. Um, and so these things build. And the truth of the matter is, what I have to say is just like a is like a footnote to what's been said the last three weeks. So um, I'll make it a little bit longer than that, but that, I just encourage you, I really do. Um, and so last week um, during our baptismal service in the eight o'clock, uh, the message was about render to Caesar the things that are Caesar and to God, the things that are to God. Taylor spoke about that. We're image bearers and thus we render to God ourselves and one another and all our relationships. That's how we interact with one another. The Thessalonians reading was beautiful and Taylor and doing the thing about honoring time didn't address that. Um, I'd like to look at first uh, Thessalonians today and if you got a Bible, you're welcome to bring it. I used to say this all the time and I probably need to keep saying it. This is what it looks like going to church. <laughs> Really, I see it. Bring your Bibles. You know, bring your Bibles just to make sure that what we're saying is from the Word of God. And it's also it's just a good thing if you want to make a note um, to do that. So, um, so as I looked at Second uh, Thessalonians, the second chapter, as you all know, these epistles were just one big letter. So when Paul wrote them, he wasn't saying, well, here's chapter one, verse one. Um, and so any good person reading good scholar, and I'm not a scholar, but even if I was, you need to read what went before. So as I read uh, chapter one again, um, and I loved it last week, I realized there's some things from chapter one that I just want to lay down before I make a couple points for chapter two. So um, here's what it says in chapter one. Um, we give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers. All right, now listen to this. Remembering before our God and Father, your work of faith, your labor of love, and your steadfastness of hope. Now, Thessalonians was probably the second letter that Paul wrote, Galatians being the first. Second Thessalonians is perhaps the third letter. Then comes Corinthians. And just kind of a little joking aside, by the time he got to 1 Corinthians, um, he said, well, maybe I ought to put it should be faith, hope, and love, not faith, love, and hope. You know, the greatest of these is love. Come on, you're supposed to chuckle. <laughs> oh, maybe I ought to put it in a different order. But it is, work of faith. They were commended for their work of faith, their labor of love, and their steadfastness of hope. Isn't that amazing? Um, in following Jesus. So in following Jesus, um, and so what is faith? Faith is work. It's not works. It's work. It's active. Faith is active. 
if faith is not just saying, oh, I believe. Faith is doing. Um, and here's my favorite definition of faith. It's saying yes to grace. Grace is God's favor towards us, unearned and undeserved. And so faith is saying, yes, Lord, I, I receive this, this love, this unearned love that you offer to me freely. Um, and I choose to live it out in the gospel by faith as action, faith as work. The love of God, freely given and secured in Jesus' death and resurrection, greater love than this is no one that he lay his life down for his friends, um, for another. So we have faith that is works. Amen? Okay, so Paul is commending the Thessalonians for being those kind of folks and following Jesus. They respond to this free gift of love and they walk out of that, that free gift. And then he says, um, and then you labor in love. And love is labor, amen? We know love is labor. Love at times is very difficult. Um, it's asked simply all of us. You know, love, the kind of love that God gave us is simply saying, I want all of you. I want all of your love. Um, and then that's what we give. So we labor in love. Let me say that again. Love asks for all of us, all that we are and all that we've been given. So not all that we are in being Robert, but everything the Lord's given me, which is what? Grace. You know, so I labor in everything I am in loving you, Mark, but also I love you in the free gift God has given to me. How dare us not love someone as following Jesus in that free gift, no matter how they respond. I got two marks there. Both of you. I know more about you, though. No. So really, I'm following this thing, and I, and I just immediately thought of, you know, a marriage service. Not all of us have been married, but in a marriage service, you ask the blessing on the ring, and then you say to someone, you, you may say, Scott, you turn to Lily and say, I give you this ring as a symbol of my vow with all that I am and then all that I have, I honor you. To all that I am and then all I have been given, so to speak, I honor you. And that's what the Lord has done. So we, we have faith in action and then we have love and labor. We labor for love. And that's what Paul's commending the Thessalonians for. And then the last thing he says um, is this. Um, so we have faith, labor. And then the last one is we have perseverance in hope. Steadfastness in hope because of what Christ has done for us. So another way of saying this, and if you can't follow it, I can send it to you later. I did print this up. Paul commends them for work. Produced by faith, labor prompted by love, and endurance inspired by hope in the Lord Jesus. And that's how we endure. And we've been experiencing that, have we not, as a, as a community and as a member of this world. I mean, we have to endure in hope of what Christ has done for us. As we heard the following words this morning, Paul then goes on. And we'll say it one more time. After commending them for faith, hope, and love, he then goes on and say, For you know, brothers and sisters, that our coming to you is not in vain. Because of those things, our coming and our going is not in vain. 
We do these things because this is what God has called us. We've been loved and now we're chosen to go. Um, And what follows um, is how this reality of faith, love, and hope plays out. Listen to this and tell me who you, you think of. Paul then goes on in our reading today, Terry read for us. It says this in verse verse 2, he suffered, he was shamefully treated, um, he had boldness to proclaim the gospel, the love of God in the midst of much conflict. Um, He had no error or impurity or attempt to deceive. He he was approved by God. he was approved to be a bearer of this good news with the, of the gospel. He spoke to please God, not people. Um, no flattery of words. Paul is saying this about himself. No pretext, pretext for greed. He did not seek glory from people, though he could have because he was an apostle. And then he was gentle among them like a nursing mother taking care of her children. Who is that? Perfectly. That's Jesus. And kind of thinking about Paul writing these letters, no wonder he wrote in Philippians, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Though he was in the form of God, he didn't count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself and he took the form of a servant. Um, so Paul, I just, I just see him with all this and he's commending them and he's telling them this is the way it should be. Um, this week, just before... Um, we gather for synod, by the way. We're all going to synod. I know y'all all know that, right? It's been cut on your calendar. We are, and it's our annual meeting. I just want to say this about our synod. We go and we worship. We hear good teaching. We fellowship together. We do not pass resolutions, thank the Lord. It's not about us saying, well, I want to resolve that we do this. No, it's about us being the body of Christ. All the business of, the, of, the, of our diocese is done before synod. We might have to make a, a canonical decision to change wording or something, but no resolutions. So um, I got a call about three weeks ago um, to lead the new clergy in a little two-hour session um, they're going to have a little group. They're going to meet for two years. Bishop Neal, our previous bishop, is going to be the facilitator for that group. And they asked me to do this little two-hour thing on leading out of sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Woo. Well, um, I, it's been a real busy three weeks, and so I'm still working on that. I got three days. All right. But what I did, I believe, came from the Lord because I love the sayings in John's gospel about the Holy Spirit. I thought I'd start there. And I went back to chapter 13 to begin. And I just want to, I just want to encourage you. Go home, find some time, read 13, 14, 15, and 16. Those chapters, John's gospel. It's phenomenal. And it opens chapter 13 with familiar words. Now, before the feast of Passover, when, the, when Jesus knew that the hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. I I could barely read any further than that. He loved them to the end. He loved them in faith. He labored in love for them. He never lost hope for us. Um, And of course, then he goes and washes the disciples' feet. It's the next part of that chapter. Um, he has a new commandment, love one another as I've loved you. He raised the bar of the really 
It says in the, in the commandments, it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and your neighbor. He said, no, <laughs> you love your neighbor as I've loved you. That's, that's, he stepped it up a notch there. And then there's he saying to the Holy Spirit. So um, he loved them to the end. He never veered from the work of faith in our life. He never ceased to quit laboring for us. Um, he had steadfast hope in everything God had promised for us. Amen? Isn't that beautiful? Um, you know, perhaps um, the lectionary formers, y'all know what I mean when I say that? The lectionaries, those lessons we read every Sunday, which are predetermined. We don't make these up. Um, they're predetermined. Every Anglican church in North America reads those scriptures every Sunday, and they kind of put these together, I think, beautifully. Now, just one verse out of the reading from Exodus, I'll leave that other stuff alone, but it said, how do you treat the sojourner? You treat him with compassion and love because guess what? You are sojourners. Why do we labor in love? Because God has poured out his love on us. You know, why we have works of faith? Because before we were away, God loved us. How dare us not be patient with someone who has not gotten it yet when God was patient with us. Um, and then, of course, the Matthew, you know, um, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. You know, you cannot love the Lord if you're not loving your neighbor, guys. If you think you are, then you need to confess. <laughs> I'm serious. If you're having animosity towards your neighbor, how in the world is God going to be able to work in your life? And if you want to love God... Try loving your neighbor, and then it'll work. Uh, Eugene Peterson, one of his commentaries I saw, read, said that the love of God and the love of neighbor are two pegs which complete all the laws. So it said all the law and apostles and prophets depend on that. So if something you're thinking or doing doesn't fit on one of those pegs, it should just drop to the ground. Love of God and love of neighbor. Without the love of neighbor, um, it's just empty. So, um, I know you're going to get tired of me saying this, but to maintain faith, love, and hope, or faith, hope, and love, um, we have to do life together, guys. We, we have to do life together. With all of the joys and sorrows, with all the frustrations we have and our disagreements, I mean, just throw one out there. You know, how are you praying for Israel? Boom, separation right there, right? But we're called to faith, hope, and love. Uh, we're called to be patient with one another. So we've been journeying together. This is my last word. We find that doing life together is full of pain, it's full of joys. It's full of sorrow, full of frustrations, um, full of amazing things. Um, so let's do life together. Amen.